0: Welcome to On Texas Football Longhorn live stream. I'm Bobby Burton. I'm hosting tonight. Uh, Justin Wells are, uh, was is going to join us tonight. He's actually on his way home right now. His son had his first ever basketball practice uh, today, his youngest son. Uh, and so uh, Justin is on his way in right now. Uh, I'm happy to, to say that. Uh, also happy to say that the Longhorns landed commitment number 21 today from Colton Vosick. Uh, defensive end, pass rush guy out of Austin's Westlake High, uh, switches his verbal commitment from uh, Oklahoma to the University of Texas. Uh, They come up with a – he had an absolutely great quote. His dad is the defensive line coach uh, at – Brian Vosick at uh, Westlake. And Vosick went to the Texas OU game uh, this year where Texas absolutely beat the snot out of OU, just obliterated uh, the Sooners. Uh, but Vazek had a absolutely terrific quote coming out of there uh, that uh, was one of the highlights of, of the day for me personally. And, and that is he basically said uh, that uh, that he was there at the game and he'd grown up his entire life. Uh, here's the quote. I've grown up a UT fan my entire life. When I went to go see the OU Texas game as an OU recruit, it just really didn't feel right to me at all. Deep down, I wanted to be playing for the team wearing burnt orange. Uh, that is what uh, commitment number twenty-one uh, for the Longhorns had to say. Colton Vosick, six-five and a half, uh, seen his weight reported anywhere from two twenty-five to two forty-five. Uh, we'll get more detail on that uh, maybe from Justin when he comes in. Uh, he's got the eleven sack or ten sacks so far. I think through ten games this year, had eleven sacks a year ago, and was named the defensive. Player, the, the defensive MVP of the state championship game uh, for the Westlake Chats, uh, who are now going for their fourth consecutive, I think, uh, state championship this year. Um, you know, I, I want to open this up for folks today, and Justin does as well, uh, for questions and answers. Uh, I can try to get to as many of those beforehand as possible. Um, the Longhorns uh, are got a bunch of stuff coming in. There's a big recruiting weekend News broke yesterday that Anthony Hill had decommitted uh, from Texas A&M, the big star linebacker out of Denton. Uh, Ryan, he is now going to visit Texas, uh, I believe, uh, this coming, not I believe, he is visiting Texas this coming weekend. Uh, There's other news as well. Bravion Rogers, a defensive back out of LaGrange that's committed to Texas A&M, is visiting Texas this weekend as well. And there's a host of other things going on uh, around the state that we're going to talk about. Before I do that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. Uh, These Longhorn live streams are sponsored by various folks that really help us out. Uh, This one is uh, called Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. When Energy Texas becomes your energy provider, you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas. Not back east, not overseas. Texans, we're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. The reality of it is is that that they are a local company. Uh, I've I've spoken with them multiple times, and uh, they pride themselves on customer service uh, first and foremost, uh, especially when getting through to a big energy company uh, can be a morass at times as well. Um, Other things we want to talk about tonight, uh, obviously the Longhorns uh, host TCU on Saturday. Uh, that's going to be a tough one uh, for Texas. At the same time, uh, Texas is very excited about that opportunity. Uh, the Longhorns are actually favored in the game, uh, but you know we'll see how that goes. Uh, Vegas has, has a way of sometimes being right and sometimes being wrong, uh, just like everybody else in this world. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see how that goes. Um, for right now, I want to take a, a couple of questions uh, and just go over those with some folks right now. These are going to come, uh, first ones are going to come from uh, the InsideTexas.com message board. Uh, that's where me and Justin work each and every day. Uh, so I want to talk about those. Um, could you give individual percentages on Anthony Hill, Javian Toviano, and David Hicks to Texas? Uh, so I, I I will give you mine from listening to not only Justin, but... Jerry Hamilton, Eric Naline, uh as well uh, as some talking to some national guys about this. Anthony Hill is very much a, a possibility for Texas at this point. Uh, the Longhorns are absolutely in it. Do I think that they're necessarily more than greater than sixty percent? No, I, I don't see that right now. Although that's kind of where Jerry Hamilton is, and talking to him, he, he feels like Hill is definitely uh, leaning to Texas at this point, and that's why he went ahead and decommitted uh, from a uh, and Jerry put in his uh, uh, RPM pick uh, for the Longhorns already. As far as JV and Toviano, the, safe, or the uh, defensive back out of Arlington, uh, Martins High School, he is going to uh, be in this weekend as well, another one of this star-studded group coming in for the, the DCU game. Uh, he is thought to be leaning right now to LSU, even though it sounds like it's coming down to Texas, uh, a and 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 LSU; those three schools. Uh, I would put uh, the the likelihood of Toviano ending up at Texas somewhere in the, the ten to twenty percent range, uh, not above and not above or beyond that. As far as David Hicks is concerned, the defensive lineman out of Katie's Paytow High School, uh, he is visiting Oklahoma. Or excuse me, he is visiting Oregon this weekend, uh, and I do not. I wouldn't give Texas more than a puncher's chance there. Maybe twenty five percent or so. That doesn't mean that he won't eventually uh, go higher after if he visits elsewhere. He, unlike Anthony Hill Hicks, remains uh, committed to uh, Texas A and M at this point. Uh, even if, even though uh, this uh, he is visiting elsewhere, his teammate Damian Sanford, uh, the defensive end, com- is that is committed uh, to Texas A and M is also visiting Oregon. Uh, this weekend as well. Um, who do you think is the most important recruit for Texas to land? I, well, i tell you what, uh, Arch Manning would be one. <laughs> uh, Cedric Baxter, uh, those guys uh, on offense. But you, you think about really what Texas needs as a program right now. And, Look, I think I think uh, the quarterback position is the most important in football. So it's a little bit different. I think the most important recruits, though, as the program builds right now, are going to come on the defensive side of the football. Uh, And what I mean by that is you have guys like Anthony Hill that I think can make an impact in day one. Derek Williams, the safety, is already committed. He can make an impact from day one, potentially Uh, guys like that who I think have a chance to start and be immediate impact players and develop into difference makers over a period of time. Those are the type of players that I think are the most important uh, for Texas to get out of this recruiting class. It is clear that the offense overall is on the right track. Not only is Quinn Ewers back next year, but you have Arch Manning now uh, in the, in the uh, pipeline. Uh, You have a good amount of really talented offensive linemen. The defense is where Texas needs to amp up that level of talent overall, in my opinion. So taking that question from the Inside Texas message boards, which who who do you think is the most important recruit? I don't know that it's any single uh, player, uh, so to speak, as much as it is a type of player, uh, one that can play early and really impact Uh, a defense because uh, Texas is going to score some points on people. I think, I think uh, they've got the personnel uh, in line to do that. They've got the pieces to the, to the puzzle. They just need to get over the top with the defense uh, to make it a reality. A couple other questions we got uh, that I think are are good. Uh, (laughs) uh, Will Texas take to, this is from, um, excuse me. This is from easy money. On Inside Texas, will te- Texas take two more high school wide receivers? I don't see that right now. Um, I, I think that they're going to take one, DeAndre Moore, uh young man out of California. Uh, Southern California is certainly a prospect that's coming expected in this weekend. Jaden Greathouse out of uh, Austin-Westlake uh, is in as well. Uh, and then Kyle Parker, who is out of the Dallas area, at Lovejoy High School, he's actually committed to LSU, but – Steve Sarkeesian was actually at his game last week. Uh, So you look at that group. I think Texas only takes one more high school wide receiver. I don't know if it's first come first serve or they're just trying to play it all out. Uh, But right now, that's very, very much uh, what it looks like. Uh, I think just one more uh, is up for them. Um, A couple other things uh, that I do want to mention that uh, news broke today. Peyton Bowen. Uh, and his brother Eli uh, out of the Denton area, another guy at high school. Uh, They said that they were coming in this weekend. Now uh, it appears Peyton Bowen is not coming in on Saturday, although he may come in on Sunday. We'll have to wait and see how that works out. Uh, But he is a safety that would be in that category of elite prospects. He is committed to Notre Dame at this point. Uh, A&M and Oklahoma have been making a play for him. Texas hasn't really been mentioned to this point, uh, but the, the Longhorns trying to get in on that. Uh, he is one of the top rated safeties in the country. You see where uh, on three has him rated nationally. They're the number 15 overall player uh, in the country at this point. Uh, a lot of people believe that he is legitimately uh, that good. So we'll have to wait uh, how and see how all that comes out uh, and breaks breaks down, but we'll see if Peyton Bowen actually uh, makes that uh, uh, makes that uh, official or makes that unofficial visit uh, in in the time uh, allotted to him. All right, I'm going to take a couple of questions from you guys. Uh, waiting for Justin Wells of Inside Texas to join me here. He should be in momentarily, and we'll have a, a full on chat and talk about a number of different things. Uh, but for now, let's uh, let's keep it going uh, and talk about this. Um, is Akana still a take? weren't very many edge portal prospects last year. So, you know, I think that Texas is not done at edge. Uh, they, they are going to continue to recruit that position. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to push for Akana or somebody else, uh, but Cecilia has, has visited Texas. His sister uh, is on the volleyball team at Texas. Uh, so this is a situation where we're waiting to see how it all plays out, uh, essentially, Uh, But he is definitely still there. He's still taking official visits, I believe, right now uh, as well. So, uh, you know, I would not put odds, high odds on it, uh, but I would not say he's completely out at at this point either. Uh, You're right. uh, There were not very many talented edge prospects in the portal a year ago or last year. Uh, The very best was Jared Verse at Florida State. That was from, I think, Albany State. Uh, and ended up at Florida State uh, and has played well for the Seminoles this year. Uh, But that is a premium position. Uh, The question I have that's bigger than all of that, uh, Daniel, uh, about portal prospects is we don't, I don't think we have a real gauge yet of just how many players are going to go into the portal that are talented this uh, coming uh, December. Uh, You know, I, I feel like What's getting ready to happen is we can see an absolute deluge of players that are second team all of a sudden that are looking for a spot, whether that's at an Alabama or Georgia or Florida or any of these teams, uh, Ohio State, that are looking for immediate playing time. I I, I just don't know. Uh, Vice versa, it could be the same where Texas loses players or A&M or Oklahoma. Uh, The portal in my estimation right now, is just an absolutely huge unknown. Uh, so without saying more than that, uh, I think that that's, that's a big, big deal uh, right now uh, that we have to uh, have to uh, uh, deal with. Um, hold on a second. Texting Justin Wells, seeing if he's on his way right now while I'm doing this. Uh, I want to take a couple other questions. Uh, here we go. Let's see Ask about Derek Williams. Uh, are we still good with Derek Williams or is LSU making a move? Uh, Derek, obviously from New Iberia, uh, Westgate High School down in the New Orleans area, uh, in between New Orleans and Baton Rouge. Uh, he is uh, very much uh, committed to Texas. Uh, but at the same time, LSU's outstanding season uh, is a cause for concern for anybody and everybody uh, like, like Derek Williams, who is heavily recruited. At this point, though, we've heard nothing of him straying from his commitment to Texas. Uh, this is a five-star prospect uh, by some, i excuse me, four-star, high four-star prospect, but a consensus number 32 player in the country uh, overall, which would put him in the five-star uh, range. Um, you know, we'll see uh, what happens there, but we have not heard anything where he is considered to be uh, wavering at all in his commitment the Tigers, though, do have a lot of recruiting momentum because of their on-field rep- momentum right now, just beating Alabama over the weekend. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, a couple other questions. Do you think Jalen Ford stays another year from S- Sergeant Single Shot? Uh, You know, I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Um, I don't think he's a top two or three-round guy at this point. Uh, it's his first full year as a starter. He did start a lot last year, but not a full year. Uh, he did just get named Big 12 Defense Player of the Year, or Player of the Week uh, for his uh, performance against Kansas State uh, one interception, one fumble recovery, one forced fumble, uh, double digit tackles. Uh, Jalen Ford is, after that first game against Louisiana Monroe, where he literally went uh, tackleless, he has notched double digit tackles, I think, in eight. Uh, or in seven of the next eight games uh, that he's played in. And so he's literally uh, figured that out uh, in trying to uh, get that. But I don't see him being an immediate impact guy or a guy that it, it is destined for the NFL right out of the gate. Uh, I do think he needs one more year probably of seasoning uh, to get that second or third round grade. Uh, that he's got a real possibility of, uh, getting questions on Jelani McDonald. I want to wait for, uh, Justin Wells, uh, to get in here and talk about Jelani, the, the, uh, athlete, uh, out of the Waco area, Justin, uh, went and saw him, uh, either, uh, is either going to see him tomorrow or saw him today. I'm trying to, I can't remember which one he did, but I want to, I want to wait for that question. Um, and then I want to, I'll take this one on, uh, from Freddie Cordova, do you think a lot of freshman players from AM are going to hit the portal? And if yes, how many of those players do you see going to Texas? Um, a lot. Let's define how many is a lot. Do I think they're going to be more than five? I think there's probably going to be a little bit more than five. Uh, how many? I, you know, do I think there's going to be 15? No. Do I think there'll be five and up? Yeah, probably so. Yeah. Um, Will it necessarily be, you know, the, the best players in that class? I don't know. I mean, I've heard the, the rumors right now are coming fast and furious out of College Station. Uh, and so trying to decipher what is legitimate news and what is not is, is very difficult. All I can say to it is I have heard some personally of a, at least a handful of guys that are definitely moving on. Uh, how many, though, right now? It's hard. It's hard to tell. Um, if yes, how many of those players do you see going to Texas? I I could see maybe one or two uh, at this point. I don't think it's going to be a you know, I don't think it's going to be Texas going to go sign five guys from A&M's. Not only their recruiting class, but perhaps upperclassmen that the upperclassmen that uh, are unhappy or, or ready to move on. I, I just don't see that happening. Texas is going to be looking far and wide in the portal. And they're going to be looking for specific pieces as well. And that won't necessarily always overrun with uh, players from whatever school. Uh, They're looking more for uh, fits for their own school, not just to kick A&M while they're uh, having problems. Right. Uh, And so I I see that uh, I would say five plus on the portal. But that's not a surprising number. I don't think that's not a, a huge number. Uh, given uh, these days and times and, and the type of class that they brought in. The Aggies brought in the nation's number one class and uh, there's a lot of a lot of kids in there that are trying to figure out where they exactly fit, uh, given uh, some of them are, are receiving playing time, some are receiving it, but not enough. Uh, some of them are already uh, earning starting jobs, but don't like certain things. I mean, it's just, it's all over the map, right? And so uh, trying to predict that Uh, would, would make me a little bit uh, out there. Um, I'm going to do this. Why don't I do RPM predictions? Uh, Question for me, I guess. I'm going to say this. I don't talk to recruits. So back in the day in 20, 25, 30 years ago, I was talking to recruits each and every day. Uh, I don't do that unless they've already committed to Texas or have already signed with Texas. Um, I, I, uh, Jerry Hamilton, Eric Nalene. Uh, Justin Wells, Joe Cook, those guys do that for us. Uh, I kind of stay in the background. Uh, I have have not done that. I guess it's been going on 10 to 15 years now. Uh, so I don't do those because I would be making my predictions uh, almost exclusively on what guys like Jerry and Justin and Eric are saying to me personally. Uh, and so I don't want to uh, I don't like using people and, and passing off my information are their information uh, as my own, uh, so to speak. And I, I, I feel like that's uh, the way to go. A uh, couple other questions. Uh, I'm going down here, and I did get a note from Justin. He's going to be here in a second. Uh, I wonder how Sadir Mitchell is playing uh, right now. Uh, he has had a good senior year, uh, from what I've been told. Uh, he is trying. Uh, I know Texas Kyle Flood went up and saw him Uh, along with Bo Davis, I guess it was a week and a half uh, during the off week uh, last week. So they went up and saw him uh, very excited about him. Uh, The Texas staff is overall, I believe. Uh, Mitchell is one of those guys that has the ability uh, to play right away. Uh, And so one of those guys that I'm interested uh, in seeing uh, what transpires with him once he gets on campus. He is, by the way, a midterm enrollee. As well. All right, uh, one more question here. Uh, I've got Justin getting ready to get on as well. Uh, do you think Michael Taft will earn a scholarship? And what do you hope to see Saturday? And is this TCU team better than 2014? Um, it's different than 2014, that's for sure. 2014 uh was uh I thought the 2014 team was definitely better on defense. Uh the 2014 team had a more electric offense, but not as good a passer in Trevon Boykin. Um, and so I feel like TCU uh, is, is one of those teams that I, I don't necessarily think that those guys are similar. I do believe Quentin Johnston uh, is a difference maker for them, uh, much uh, in the in the mold of a Josh Doxon uh, first round pick uh, that TCU had. Uh, but I, look, this TC team's good. Uh, I think that they have uh, squeaked by a couple teams uh, here of late, uh, but we'll see what they bring to to uh, uh, Austin on Saturday. They're a great. I, I feel like they've got a really, really talented offense and a defense that does enough to win in the Big 12, uh, which is pretty strong. So uh, that's that. As far as do I think Todd Ta- and Michael Taffy will uh, earn a uh, uh, scholarship? The answer is yes. Uh, when I'm not exactly sure, uh, when Sark might do that. Uh, there's also numbers to consider there that, that, uh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, but I, I would definitely believe, uh, that that is a possibility or something that's in the offing, uh, particularly with as much as he's playing right now. All right. I want to bring in, uh, our own, uh, Justin Wells. He's here. Justin, how was basketball practice for your son
1: tonight? Um, Well, if you've ever watched six and seven year olds play basketball, it's, it's something. The best part though. And I know most Texas fans don't want to hear this. The best, I mean, obviously, but the best part is um, the head coach tried to tell me they were, he wanted to install some plays this year. I'm like, buddy, we got to learn how to line up on the baseline. (laughs) Like, (laughs) 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 so yeah. But, uh, just, just enough, Just blessed, man. Had a lot of fun over there, and wanted to get back here as soon as we could because we got a lot to talk about, Bobby. I know you've already been talking a lot, so these 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 viewers probably want to hear a little bit of my voice.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's the case. I've I've been ad libbing a little bit here, but trying to get to as many questions as possible and really roll it out. Uh, <laughs> I think that the question uh, that I would I would go first for you as, as a fan um, is really this, Justin. Uh, where do you come out right now on Texas getting the commitment from Colton Bosick today and just the litany of news from a positive perspective that's happened in the last 24, 48 hours as it relates to Texas and as it hurts other teams like A&M and OU, um, whether it's Bravian Rogers, Anthony Hill, uh, JV and Toviano, um, just, uh, you know, name it Peyton Bowen. I know he's, he, we don't think he's coming now, but still where, where do you come out on all this? Because this is a, a very big news day in that regard,
1: Bobby, it's been a big 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, this started Monday morning, in my opinion, with Jamel Johnson's decommitment and then it just snowballed after that. And I think it's really, it's a, it's, it's a collection of things. Texas A&M and OU being down, is very helpful. That, that that definitely helps Texas in this cycle and what Sark's trying to do in year two. The fact that Texas looked pretty good last week, beating a really good Kansas State team on the road, getting a little bit of that momentum back, uh, at least, you know, that to me is, is a big thing. But here's the, the thing that people need to understand about recruiting is these kids, they're, you know they're making these decisions and they're not basing it off of one game. So don't think that you know some big thing they did in, in Manhattan, Kansas is the reason Texas has is, is hit a uh, you know a little bit of a, uh, a good streak the last few days. That's not the case. The case is Texas has been building with these guys for a long time and it just so happens that the last 48 hours, when you get momentum, that's a crazy thing in recruiting. It, it, it kids get addicted to it. And I think fans do too. And it has a trickle down effect.
0: Yeah. I think that it, it's, it's momentum in recruiting. And I'm sorry, I'm having to uh, reposition this because I messed the up. Bobby momentum. Cam. Yeah. Um, momentum in recruiting is one of those things. that's almost unquantifiable uh, because you don't know how many people it's going to impact. Right. right. It, it, Typically, you're like, oh, it, it may help help you with one or two guys. Well, it may help you with ten. Um, you know, and I'm I'm just thinking going through it how how it all works together. I mean, Anthony Hill decommitting is a big big thing. You know, Colton Vossick changing from OU, big thing. These are these are things that 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 can carry on and carry through to the next uh, not only to the next game but through all the way through December. Uh, for you, yes. which is the signing day. Right. Um, another guy coming in. I forgot to mention Marcus deal uh, the two way lineman out of uh, a Forest and forest Garland. Um, he's coming in. Uh, ESPN game day is coming to town. I mean, there's just all these things that are going on right now uh, that kind of created a perfect storm for Texas. That's it. And I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian carries a rabbit's foot in his pocket or what, but last year I felt like he got extremely lucky with the coaching carousel, right? It, right. But he was prepared for it, right? And this year I feel like a little bit of the same thing's going on, watching the implosion of AM essentially, and uh Oklahoma taking a, a significant step back as well.
1: Well, and, and also understand a lot of this didn't just happen over the last few days. You and I both know this. No, I know. It's I, I, but that's, that's
0: what I'm saying about Sark is like how he, he's he he
1: likes to play the long game I, I don't know that it always works but so far it has yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll say it like this let's break them down because you know when people ask me about recruiting I always say the same thing every kid's different every recruitment is different I couldn't be more gospel about that take Colton Vosick. Colton Vosick. Texas didn't have to beat Kansas State and Manhattan to flip Colton Vosick. this kid has been wanting to flip for the last few months especially when he went to the Red River Shootout and watched Texas pummel OU while he had to sit on the Sooner side. That one really stuck in his crawl. But that was one that Texas had been working on. They may not have had the best in early in that recruitment. I felt like Oklahoma and Oregon and a few other schools kind of separated themselves. But I think he had to, you said it, Sartre plays the long game. By playing the long game, he netted Ethan Burke, which is essentially the twin tower of Colton Vashik. They're both good friends. Then Vashik watches Burke, Flash a little bit this year, find, find kind of a small role and, and, and here's positive things, sees the culture there. He keeps attending games. So it was one of those things. It was building up to this point. He, you know, he, he didn't just decide to flip today. This thing, I think, was decided a while back. And you and I have been talking about and Jerry and, you know, all the people we t- you know, when we do these shows, there's a reason we mention them because there's always something there. You, you can't ever, ever shut the door. Now shift to Anthony Hill. This is a kid that we reported he was going to take an unofficial to Austin this weekend. You know, I got to catch up with his father over the weekend. And this, you know, Texas, once he committed to A&M, Texas never stopped. If anything, Texas may have pushed more. And remember when he took his official visit in June to Austin, Cooper Manning and Arch Manning were texting him on the visit. That made an impression, Bobby. And then he commits to Texas A&M and people think, well, that didn't mean anything. Well, no. That's the long game. It meant something because Arch has been reaching out to him again. And so that to me is a different scenario. Hill probably sees the bigger picture. Whereas I think Vashika was always kind of looking for a reason to flip to Texas. I think AM has given Anthony Hill a reason to look harder at Texas just from the, you know, the mediocrity that's going on in college station right now. And you can, you know, think about Texas last year. They went five and seven and still signed a top five class. That's because the culture was starting to evolve. And when recruits would come to campus and they would mingle around the players, they would feel that vibe. I remember Harris Sewell, the Odessa Permian big lineman. Uh, he's committed to Clemson, but when he was looking at Texas real strongly, he told me the first time he went in there, it looked a little disorganized. He said, he comes back six months later, this is a smooth running ship. And so I think in that instance with Anthony Hill, this thing has been building up a little bit, but I think the fact A&M's look inept on the defensive side of the ball and the fact that Texas was runner-up, Texas was right there, and it wasn't like this was, a, you know, it wasn't like AM knocked it out of the park. Texas was 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 two-one the whole time, and so they just played the long the, the, the long play. And then you got guys, you know, like a, like a Jaden Greathouse who's going to be in this weekend. He's committed to Notre Dame, and he's one that we're watching. We've mentioned him the last few months because there's something there. We've we went to see him. We're going to go see him again this week. There's something there. What transpires? We don't know. All I know is the last 48 hours have been absolute madness in the recruiting circles for Texas. And when you have that momentum that you you have to capitalize. And I think I'm with you. Sark plays the long game. And sometimes that is dangerous. Sometimes it is. But to compare that, I, I hate to say this, but look at Jimbo Fisher. He is all the now. He pushes now. Once you walk into his office, he presses that button and his door closes by itself. And you get put in that pressure cooker and he wants you to commit immediately. Sark is polar opposite. He wants to get to know you because you and I both know we've seen recruits that Texas could take, but they weren't culture fits. They weren't mental strong, they weren't strong mental evals. So Sark's he's being pretty pragmatic about this. He takes his time. He, oh, he, he makes sure he keeps those relationships going. You got a JV and Toviano. This is a kid that just came off of a, a, a visit to LSU. He's been leaning LSU for, for a couple of months, probably. Uh, one of my favorite recruits, one of my favorite kids. I love that kid. He's going to visit Austin now. We've been for six months. JV and Toviano has told me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it there pretty soon. Well, I, I might make it up there pre-. for six months. Finally, it's here. Well, that's the long game paying off. And so, in the car business, you can't, you can't, you can't pay the bills doing it that way. But the way Sark is doing it, with these relationships, counter with the fact that Texas A&M looks bad, OU's having a terrible season, and the truth is, watch the tape. The Texas defense is better, the offense is better, and the culture's better.
0: Justin, are are you comparing Jimbo Fisher to a used car salesman? Is that was that the analogy that you were going for there? Seeking the truth never gets old. It sounded like that was your implication, my man. All right. I'm, I'm just teasing you anyways. All right. Hey, a uh, question about Jelani McDonald that, that oh, came yeah. in. Uh, and I know you were, did you go see him today or were you going to see him this week? What was the deal? No, no, no.
1: I'll see Jelani probably if they make the playoffs in week two. I'm going to try to go see him sometime in week two. You I saw want to him, go last see him before week he makes or, a decision.
0: Then you saw him last week or week before last maybe? No, no, no. I saw him
1: about three weeks ago. Okay, got three it. Weeks ago. And right Kobe about. Black.
0: Okay. Um, uh, what's going on with him right
1: now? Okay, the thing I think that's holding up Jelani right now is I think it's a numbers crunch. I think Texas is in a position right now where, you know, they're up to 22 commits. They are actually 21 because Jamel uh, decommitted. So they're at 21 commits. There's not a whole lot of spots left. And I, I know they still want to add a, an outside linebacker. I wouldn't necessarily call McDonald an edge prospect per se. Uh, I think Texas is recruiting him as an outside linebacker. But he's a kid that, man, he's a take. He's a take in any class because of his athleticism and, and, and just how strong he is. This is a kid that excels in every sport he plays. Best player in basketball. One, uh, one, one gold in, in track and field. Quarterback and plays some corner when needed for, for Conley. And he's a good quarterback, too. People don't realize, Jalen McDonald's a pretty good quarterback. And so with the, I would say the latest there is more long game. Like, they're going to wait to see kind of how this class shifts. They're looking at a couple linebackers, and I feel like they're going to add one more. And, and, and McDonald, I think, would fit. I think it would be a nice, seamless transition. But you also have to factor in, they're still talking to Anthony Hill. You know, they're still talking. They just flipped Vosik, uh, who's more of an edge. But the numbers are what's going to get McDonald in the end. It, 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 if, 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 it, if Texas has room, I think he's part of the class. I really do. And if they don't, I think that's the that that's the red flag. I, I feel like if, if he winds up going somewhere else, it, that's because Texas may have ran out of room, uh, you know, and give him credit. That was a late eval, but that was a late eval for a lot of programs. It wasn't like Texas was late to it. About 90 D ones were late to him. And, and, and I like that on three. They came. I believe he was the number three or number fourth ranked athlete in the country. Like number three, that that to me spoke volumes about his athleticism and what he can do. Texas liked him. They offered him. He'll be back on campus this weekend. You know, he's one of those that I think Texas is in a great spot. I think it's just going to come down to numbers.
0: Um, let me ask you this, and, and this is a, a different, a little bit different question here. Uh, how significant is – you mentioned the decommitment of Jamel Johnson. How significant is that for Texas?
1: I don't think it's that significant if they bring in another safety. Right. safety nickel safety nickel doesn't have to be a pure safety doesn't have to be a pure corner or nickel needs to be someone in that range i, I think that they they, bobby we know they're going to try to get a safety in the portal in the offseason that's going to have to happen Jaron thompson will be a returning starter they've got to have more athleticism back there the keaton crawford experiment is still remains to be seen at this stage they've got to get another safety another nickel another guy that can play back there like a Jv and tobiano if you were to want to make a trade, <laughs> that's, a, that's a steal. You make that trade. But Jamel's, I, I don't, I would have liked him in this class because he is a very physical, aggressive player. And I love that in safeties, ball hawking safeties. I love that about him. When I went and saw him at practice last month, he was popping teammates and he was calling them out. And, you know, that kind of thing was, that, 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 that's infectious in your program. And so I think it's kind of a little, it, it's a little bit of a sting, but if they get another safety, I, I, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think anybody's going to miss him, and I totally expect him to commit to Ole Miss within the next few weeks. Okay,
0: gotcha. Um, let's talk a little bit about the team. Uh, Longhorns six and three on the campaign. Uh, we've seen them up and down. We've seen bad offensive performances. We've seen good ones. We've seen one half be unbelievable thirty one points and a half against Kansas State, uh, the number two defense in the Big Twelve. Uh, and then three points in the second half. We've seen a defense uh, look kind of mediocre in the first half and then come out and only you know, stop Kansas State while they're moving down the field to save the game. Uh, that's that's twice this twice this year. Texas had actual defensive turnovers or created turnovers to close out a game uh, and keep the uh, opponents away from scoring. So um I, I say all that, Justin. Uh, to try to to get your feeling on where Texas is right now uh, with the the team and what you're thinking ahead to this weekend against TCU.
1: That's a loaded question, Bobby. It is. I, know, it, it, I mean, it's that's that's you know a lot of times I agree with you and Jerry when you when you when you talk about that prove it mentality. I I, I completely understand what you guys are talking about. I think the Kansas State win is bigger than people are going to say because I think it was. One of those things that you just had to get over. Now, does that absolve them from anything for the next three weeks? No. If anything, the target's gonna be bigger. And TCU's coming into Fort Worth, I'm coming into Austin with a lot of confidence and a really high ranking. And they've played well. But this team, I think they're figuring themselves out right now. They're still figuring out what what they are. I think they have a pretty good idea, at least on offense, of what works. Uh, we, we see it happen a lot in the first halves. They're very explosive. I mean, Sark is incredible with that game script in the first half. And then you you go to the second half and it's adjustment time. It's setting up plays to set up other plays time. And when you get three and out, three and out, three and out, you can't do that. And so they're trying to figure out who they are. We're trying to figure out who they are. It's in that process. I think the only thing we really know is that they are all bought into Steve Sarkisian. They are all bought into this staff. They know they have an opportunity to win the conference. To me, I think that's the biggest thing. Before they beat Kansas State, I don't think they really thought they could still do that. I think they had to prove it to themselves with them winning. They had to prove themselves that they could they could win big on the road to put themselves in a Big 12 championship game position to where they can control their own destiny. So to me, I think the mentality has pretty much been consistent but it's building trust with each other. It's building trust with the staff. And when you have buy-in and culture, that's worth points on Saturdays. It just is. How many points? That's what we're going to see with Texas for the next three weeks. We're going to see how much that – how much these people buy into each other, how much this defense full of juniors and seniors can can, can, – Last get them to get them to Arlington, get them to a to a, to a New Year's Day Bowl if possible. We're going to see how that trans, uh, transpires. But right now, I, I think they're just trying to figure out who they are, what they're best at. I think they have a pretty good idea on offense. I think on defense, they just want to get healthy on that back end so they can go back to doing what they were doing earlier in the year, which is playing really good defense. And so right now, they're figuring things out just like any other team. But the reason it's different this year compared to the past. Is I think they see light at the end of the tunnel. When Oklahoma State went to Manhattan and laid an egg, that opened their eyes. That bye week could not have come at a better time. It, it gave them a, time, a chance to recharge, to refuel, to kind of get a lay of the land. And then going into Manhattan and getting that win is just huge.
0: I, I just got to say this. This just shows the power of the transitive property in college football does not work. No, wow. <laughs> because Texas goes to Oklahoma State, loses by a touchdown. Oklahoma State, the very next weekend, goes to goes to Kansas State and loses by what was the final score? Forty eight to nothing. Forty eight to
1: nothing. Those teams from then, Oklahoma then, seem to wait, get
0: Wait a minute, and then Texas goes the very next week up to Kansas State, and by tr- just, I mean Texas should have lost by three or four touchdowns if you're just talking about that. But it uh, goes up there, and and really, I, th- I thought Texas dominated that game for long stretches. I did too. Um, there were a couple of miscues on the back end uh, of the secondary that I thought cost Texas some problems. Um, and may if that, if that happens again, especially against a, a more um, sophisticated passing team with a sophisticated offense in, T- in uh, TCU as compared yeah. to Kansas State uh, and more capable downfield passing attack, I think that's going to be – that's not going to be good for Texas because they're going to have to then get into an outscore-you game uh, with TCU. But, uh,
1: you know, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I, one question I – do, I, do I do want to add. I think one positive to TCU coming in, Bijan said it. They want to play an undefeated team. They want to play a team they're not supposed to beat. And that that hadn't happened since week two when they played Alabama. To me, coming off that win, if if any fans had the hangover – Excuse in the back pocket. Well, there is, but I don't think that's going to be the case because the home crowd has been phenomenal this year for Texas. I think it's given them actually an advantage in, in some of their games. And I think if this was in Fort Worth, I would not have near as much um, <laughs> optimism.
0: Yeah. No, it's DK, DKR should be rocking on yeah. Saturday night. It, it really should. ABC, uh, you know, national telecast uh, in Austin at night. Uh, weather's supposed to be nice. It uh, should be a good get college game day in town. It should be a big thing.
1: Uh, How awkward is Gary Patterson going to be? Oh man, man! I, I you know, you got a statue out front. He's, <laughs> <stadium>. he's coaching <laughs> on the other side. I know. That's what. That's to me. I hope he gives some sort of advantage because I know he still has some overlay, some overlap from some of those players. Hey, come into the come into the defensive room. You see some tendencies here. Let's talk yeah. about. It. What?
0: Tell me about this player, this player, this player. I mean, should. Well, what? What should happened to another? his girlfriend
1: again? She. She did what?
0: Okay, that's going to affect him. Okay, what about the other
1: one? He didn't have any rent, man. Yeah.
0: We're going at, hey, uh, more specific question for you here. Uh, you know, Anthony Cook came back and played a little bit last a week, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, just a week or two weeks after a broken arm, uh, still got back on the. What That's tough, the buy-in, Bobby. Ah, uh, what a tough dude! Now, um, uh, so w- have you heard anything more about him this week thus far? You expect he's, him he's practiced
1: a little bit more this week. I think it's going to come down to can Sark keep him off the field. This is Anthony Cook's last hurrah. This is this is this is senior year, and this is a huge game. And he has been really good on that back end this year. When him and Jaron are locked in it's good. It's been great safety play for the first time in a a while. And so I think the big thing there is going to be, it's a pain tolerance thing. Obviously they're going to have it cast. They always have it wrapped up. Um, I know they don't want to give him too much, obviously, but I think it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. I I think Sark, I think this kid, it'd be different if it was somebody a lot less of a team. It wasn't as important. Maybe you could get by with with, um, you know, how the SEC does, they schedule a cupcake last part of the season. If it was something similar to that, I think Anthony Cook would sit and rest. This is TCU. This is a, another, this is what Keiondre Coburn said. Everybody's, every game's a playoff. Every game's a championship at this point. And so, Mike, I think the big key is he's he has practiced a little bit more. How much is yet to be determined, but Sark's going to have a hard time keeping Anthony Cook from running out on the field. Got it. All right, I uh,
0: speaking with, Justin Wells of InsideTexas.com. Justin, I want to ask you a couple of portal related questions because I'm getting them from multiple angles here. Uh, First one, what positions do you think is are the one or is the one we go after in the portal from Drew McKnight? Um, I don't think it's just a position. Uh, I think it's multiple positions. You agree with that? Just- Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I think you might see a little bit on offense. There's not a whole lot of holes in my opinion there, but you could see one or two if a, if a really good high quality player became available. It's the defense. Like I said earlier, it's full of juniors and seniors for the most part. And so there's, there's going to be a few guys that are definitely going to need to be replaced. You and I talked about this a while back. I think there's going to be at least one at each level of the defense. I think the D line is going to have to get another interior guy. They're going to have to get another edge guy to come up, to come around the corner. They're going to need another linebacker, preferably inside. And I think they're going to have to get a safety. Uh, And at the end of the day, that's what the portal's for. Like you don't want to build a program around the portal, but when you have a hole here and a hole there, sometimes that can, that can work. And I think, I like how Sark has been judicious with taking portal guys, because we know that there've been a few guys they could have taken and didn't. And they were, they were really, they were cautious. The Quinn Ewers one is a no brainer. You know, Ryan Watts is no brainer, but Diamante Tucker Dorsey, I think was huge just, just for the locker room, if anything. Jaleel Billingsley, I think was big because it's pushed Jatavian Sanders and Gunnar Helm. And we're seeing progress from Billingsley. And so I I like how tech, I like how Sark attacks the portal, but in my opinion, I don't think the offense is really going to need much. It's going to be the defense. It's going to be at least one guy at every level on the defense. Is there a reason why you think they don't need – you mentioned
0: inside linebacker. Um, is there a reason why you don't think they need an outside linebacker? Well, because I, – I, I, I mean, Maurice Blackwell is playing safety. I mean, he played big nickel uh, on Saturday night. I I think they need an – I mean, who's who's behind Overshone right now?
1: It should be Ben well, Jet Bush, maybe. That's what I'm they saying. Jet Bush, because I think Benda's behind Jalen Ford. You might need another outside linebacker. I'll say this: Overshown's gonna need to be replaced. Right. Now, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to do it with one guy. You'll probably have to do it with the aggregate, but he's gonna have to be replaced. And so and that maybe it's more so of who they get on the defensive side rather than what's the specific position.
0: Yeah. I, I I could see a lot of that. I'm just, my, my thought is, is that they need, they definitely need linebacker. They definitely need end. They need depth at defensive tackle um, because they're losing so many uh, this year. Um, I do think that uh, a good sign on Saturday night was Alfred Collins playing more snaps. Absolutely. That, uh, that makes, uh, that makes it a lot. Uh, That If he were to come on and be available to play 30 to 40 snaps a game next year, that all of a sudden makes that position look a lot better uh, and a lot more depth. If he's not, though, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, But uh, safety, obviously, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. All right. The other question, and I haven't asked this one um, from Stream Rolling. Do you anticipate any more of our players entering the portal? So any Texas players? entering the portal. I'm going to, let me say this. I do. I don't know who they're going to be, but I, somebody just asked me how many of the A&M players are going to enter the portal uh, of the recruiting class. And I said, five plus was my guess, right? I didn't, I don't think it's going to be 15, but I don't, I think it's going to be five plus. Um, But look, the portal is, is the way this is going to go in the, in the future. Do you have any, Particular idea of what what number you're expecting at this time, or um, you know
1: the the idea that nobody enters is just fallacy. Somebody's going to. There's going to be a handful. There's yeah. going to be a handful, and it's not going to be guys. It's in the past. It's been I think that first time SAR came through, it was more of a culling of the group, trying to get weed out the bad the bad apples, I, and I think this time it's going to be kids that have been in the program for a while. They haven't necessarily developed or they're not a fit for what this staff is looking for, they're still true blood Texas Longhorns. They're still getting their degree. They're still – they love going to the University of Texas, but they also probably want to play a little bit. And so, yeah, I, I'd be, I'm be i cautious to put a number on it, but there's going to be some guys that leave. Anyone significant? Not to my knowledge right now. Not to my knowledge right now, but, you know, <laughs> quarterback is a very popular position a very popular position. I believe we, had, we saw a staff beginning of this season where almost half the starting quarterbacks in college football had transferred at one point. And so you have to know that Hudson card graduates in December and Hudson card wants to play football and right. Quinn yours doesn't want to let him do it. And so <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta be realistic about this kind of stuff. And I said, you know, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned that because I, I, I think card has been, he, people don't give him near as much credit. He is such a good kid, such a good teammate. And he's really developed as a passer. He just so happens to be behind a generational talent. And so there's going to be some Texas kids that enter the portal that that first and second week of December. I don't think it's going to be a high number. I really don't. You'll probably have a couple of the recruits from the class of 2022. You'll have a couple guys that graduate. You'll have a handful that graduate and want to get that extra extra year somewhere else. So just anticipate it, Texas fans. There's going to be a few. I just don't see any that will – be debilitating whereas with a few other programs there's some there's some real holds and leaks in the boat
0: i i wonder how many are going to try to leverage it for nil um that's that's, uh, my, yeah. that's my my question because uh that that may be end up being the question that everyone asks uh because at that point you know what does it all look like because it looks uh, like a renegotiating
1: of a contract it, every offseason
0: right and, and i think that that you know if that's the, those are the rules, those are the rules. I think that, um, you know, Texas should be proactive in that regard and and cut that off before it gets to that point. But uh, we'll see how that goes. I just never know. I'm going to go a little bit more here um, and ask a couple more questions. First, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, Energy Texas. Uh, Energy Texas is for Texans by Texans. With Energy Texas, when Energy Texas becomes your energy provider you're dealing with and calling people in the state of Texas. Not back east, not overseas, Texans. We're proud to be from the greatest state in the union and prouder still to be fighting for the little guy against big power. Um, Justin, we, we talk about uh, Texas football and recruiting, the portal, all this stuff so much. Um, the Longhorns move up in the team rankings from seventh to sixth. Flip-flopping with Oklahoma in national recruiting rankings, obviously. Uh, today, that was interesting with Colton Vosick changing from OU to Texas. It directly impacted both uh, programs. Um, you know, Do you think it's reasonable for Texas to finish with a top five class here as we close shop? And aren't all of these guys expected to sign in December? Or are some of them going to sign in February? Do you know that yet?
1: I think most are signing in December. There's always a few that stretch it out a little bit longer. There's always a few um, since the early signing period was, was instituted. But With threats to
0: our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
1: I, I find, a, find it hard to think they wouldn't sign a top five class. Like, I've kind of, I think we've expected them to sign a top five class, not, for, not just for what we've seen on the field, which has been progress and development, but because of the Arch Manning factor. There's a there's an effect to that, Bobby. A lot of these kids, they like that. They want to play with especially on the offensive side. And, and this kid's recruiting like he's a coach. And so it's tough when you're sitting on your couch and you've got a couple of players texting you and you all of a sudden. Arch Manning texts you like it gets your attention. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that that's what comes with the territory with that kid. And so I definitely think they're going to finish with a top five class. The key is going to be the numbers, how many they can get in there. Because there will be a few other schools that I think finish solid. Like looking at it right now, I could see LSU going on a hell of a run. Like I think right now LSU and Texas are the two hot momentum type schools right now at this particular moment going into this weekend. I could see LSU jumping back up the thing. I could see Notre Dame coming out of the top five. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a few guys that, that decommit. And and, and so you got to look at it. It's got to be a, you got to have the right amount of numbers. You got to make sure it's got to be a star rating. You got to have all those things that work out, but I would be really surprised if Texas doesn't sign a top five class. And that's saying, that's saying, we're saying that when they're only going to sign probably five or six other kids from this cycle.
0: Got it. Um, Justin, uh, Texas in recruiting, uh, you think they're going to have what, 20, 30 high end prospects there this weekend. How many total do you think? Right
1: now on our visitor list that you can find at InsideTexas.com, we have, I believe, 24 on the list right now. I anticipate probably 30 to 40. You'll have some local kids. There'll probably be some younger kids that they're they're, they're paying attention to a little bit more. Uh, they, they, they tend to do that, bring in some 2024s and 2025s to kind of get them, um, get the experience of bringing them in on, on, on visits. But, yeah, that, that, this weekend, <laughs> Sunday – we thought, hey, they, they could have a pretty good recruiting group this weekend. And then Monday, we thought, well, damn, this this just got this just got pretty heavy. And then after today, it's like, God dang, this is this is real. This is real. These are real. And this is that momentum we talked about earlier in the show. This is what happens. Players come. You know, one of the, when I talked to Kobe Black, at the number one corner in the state for 2024, he was at Texas Alabama, and I said, you know, what was your impression? He goes, I wanted to be on the field that matters it they don't choose it on a game-to-game basis but that feeling they, they understand what they feel and what they see and what they experience and so at night dkr is going to have 100k plus it's going to be loud tcu is going to bring as much purple as possible gary patterson's going to have to make sure he picks out the right color before he leaves the house um I think there's going to be, a, I'd say right now, we've got about 24, 25 on the list. I anticipate 30, 35, maybe 40. Got it. And and like you said, a bunch of younger guys too.
0: Interestingly, um, uh, you know, we, we think about this and uh, Texas having this big recruiting weekend on top of uh, an undefeated TCU squad coming to town uh, too. Uh, there are other things going on tonight in Austin. I am told that there are a number of football players at the Chris Rock concert at the moody coliseum by the way so just keep in mind you're not, in rome. you're not the only comedian uh going on going down right now
1: uh mr wells you're oh no, the- no 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 i i am not on chris rock's level whatsoever that man is that man is upper echelon <laughs> and hey when in rome go yeah no they they're a bunch of guys i'm jealous there. of that i didn't know that yes yeah Would apparently you, yeah.
0: so um, anything else you want to talk about before we, we got about time for one more question or one more thought uh, that we want to uh, participate
1: about? I want to throw one thing out on Texas basketball. They opened the Moody Center last night. That place was loud. That place was rocking. Our Joe Cook was there. He said he had an absolute blast. I'm fired up that Texas basketball has something to be proud of. And let me tell you, that place is sexy.
0: Yeah, no, I've been inside. It's it's a gorgeous facility. I mean, really true for people that haven't. I want to make sure Chris
1: Beard gets credit for that because. And they're. Hey, look, guess what else, guys? Texas has a point guard. You haven't been able to say that in a long time. They may have two. (laughs) Listen, I mean Jabari Rice. Jabari Rice
0: Rice is not the typical point guard. Sir Jabari Rice.
1: Uh, Okay. Sir Jabari Rice. They can both handle the ball with with, with one ball pressure.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's part of it. The other thing that I noticed last night is um, I was a little surprised that they started so slowly. Uh, both teams did, but the intensity level that Texas is able to throw out at people on defense
1: oh, for it, sustained periods.
0: Oh man! I mean, they've got dudes now. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, Dylan Mitchell and and that's
1: beard coaching. That, that's well, what you do this, The offense is going to sputter at times, but the defense is always going to be on.
0: I mean, they were they were giving it full effort. Uh, the two freshmen, Dylan Mitchell and uh, Arturio Morris, no, oh. they are not uh, two most athletic
1: like, kids in the program. Well, like
0: I'll, I'll give you an example. You know, we're used to seeing a guy like a Lamarcus Aldridge, right? That's a first round pick come out, but he's not physically ready to play college basketball, even though he's mentally and gifted from a talent perspective above and beyond right? right even kevin durant physically was just thin as a rail
1: yeah
0: dylan mitchell and and arterio morris are not they're not these you know wallflowers i mean they are physical guys that they came a little bit more prepared for college not necessarily from a skill standpoint i'm not trying to say they're top five picks like i'm and all, or like a direct. We're talking about maturity. I'm just talking about maturity and physical maturity the the ability to what it looks like for their body to handle a 30 to 40 game grind of college basketball, right? As yeah. opposed to um, what what they're just learning and seeing for the very first time. I w- I was surprised by that. I was, uh, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, the the other thing that I would say is that their length and depth is just across the board, really, really strong. Um, don't They don't have the big rim projector but uh, Dylan DeSue, I thought, played well uh, last night. He'll, so. be, he'll be adequate. Yeah, I mean, so you, you mix all that together, and I, I'm not sure what it all means for Texas at this point, uh, to be honest. I, I, I feel like they've got the pieces. They're just going to have to come together and figure out how to score in, in crunch time.
1: I think it's looking more like a crisp Beard team. I think it's take more. To, we're seeing another year of it kind of taking on his personality. And that's what you want if you're a Texas basketball fan, because that's, that, that, that's how you get the most out of coach Beard and his staff.
0: Well, I've got, I will say this. I don't think Chris Beard is as athletic as the guys that he puts on the floor. Cause that's, those are, some, if I, they may take on his personality, but not his athleticism. I've seen him try to shoot some hoops. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I just going to say that I'm, I'm kidding a little bit. Uh, the, uh, the idea that uh, Texas right now, I, I think they're ranked, what were they ranked? 12. 12th. 12th. Um, and Arkansas, I think, was ranked higher than them at one point, and that's not going to stay that way for long. But uh, Longhorn basketball team looks good right now, and the Moody uh, Center is certainly a, a big piece of that uh, overall. All right, um, Justin, I appreciate you tonight, dude. Uh, long. Uh, road ahead of us this week with recruiting information, because I don't think I I think it may slow down at the end of the week, only to speed up over the weekend or right heading into it.
1: So, oh, and and Don't forget. It's the start of Texas high school football playoffs, right? So there, that's a whole other level of intensity and, and, and we'll be on the, You know, we'll be out covering games this week. And, and so that to me is it, it's that time of the year, Bobby, it's that time of the year. And, and, and it's certainly it's uh it's, it, It just needs to get a little bit colder. Yeah, (laughs) it's a little chilly. Is all I need.
0: Hey, congrats! And before we go, I want to say congrats to Colton Vossick, the defensive end, uh, pass rusher from Austin Westlake, uh, commits to the Longhorns, uh, becomes commitment number twenty-one of the recruiting class. Uh, Big pickup for the Longhorns. Flips his commitment from Oklahoma uh, to the University of Texas. All right, for Justin Wells of Inside Texas, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's Longhorn live stream on Texas football.